You're listening to the Baby Proof Your Homeschool podcast, the podcast that gives you the support and weapons you need for the battle of homeschooling with babies, toddlers, and preschoolers. I'm Jenny Shaw, your host, and you've got episode six. Our guest today is Christy Isinger, blogger at Fountains of Home and second-generation homeschool mom to five, 11 and under in rural Canada. Today, Christy shares how she has learned to temper her expectations for reality when it comes to homeschooling with multiple littles along for the ride. Hi, Christy. Welcome. Thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's so fun. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Tell us a little bit about your family and how y'all got homeschooling. Sure. Um, So my husband and I, we've got five kids. Um, Their current ages are 11, 9, just a sec, 11, 9, 8, 11, 9, 8, 6, and 5. So that means that we started homeschooling when I had five kids, six and under. So five kids, six and under is what I started grade one. (laughs) And I started homeschooling from the very beginning. That's all I've ever done with my kids. So I started, we started homeschooling because both my husband and I were homeschooled. We're homeschool graduates, I guess you can say. So we Mm -hmm. both, um, we both felt confident and wanted to homeschool our kids. And we've both been on the same page with that from the very beginning. So there, there hasn't been any, um, there's been no dramatic, (laughs) I should homeschool, um, epiphany. It's always been kind of part of our plan. So that's sort of how we got started. Okay, great, great. So tell us about what you did in your homeschool when you had a lot of little ones running around and those interruptions and what worked for you and just how how you coped with those more hectic times of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So I think I mean, I was pretty I was pretty intimidated that I had to that I really kind of had to I mean, I didn't really do any kindergarten with my um, oldest because I was pregnant and I had a baby and, you know, it was just kind of chaos. So I let kindergarten with her completely go. So then when once she was six and I had a five-year-old, a four-year-old, an 18-month-old and like a three-month-old or whatever that worked out to be. Like it was crazy. But that was when I was like, I guess I should start teaching her school because it's it's really when she was in grade one. So – I had very um, low expectations for the amount of time that I would have to actually sit and work with her and do table work and um, that sort of thing. So, um, so, so I knew going in that I really wanted to focus on the curriculum being very um, streamlined. So I was only going to focus on the basics, especially for this first year, because I was, you know, I was doggy paddling my way through babies, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to keep my head above water. So things had to be as as simple as possible, as streamlined as possible. And so I approached um, the curriculum that way. Like I was not going to be doing five subjects that were all going to involve different workbooks and 
um, different projects with my first grader for the, her first year of homeschooling. <laughs> so I think that's and and I've I've since like with every successive kid, even though um, my kids have gotten older, that is still how I approach. Um, really the elementary years. Like I really try and keep it as simple and streamlined as possible still to this day because I think it's just um, – it's just really I think um, the best way kids seem to learn. So so I feel like that helped me um, just knowing that I, I needed to keep things um, as streamlined and as, as effective as possible kind of um, – it helped me – I guess, picture and envision that first year for sure. So, cause the first year was like, that was pretty chaotic when I think back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I, when I suggest to people who have um, toddlers and babies and who are asking about how to get started in homeschooling, like that is the first thing I say is always just focus on the basics, really, really um, focus on keeping the lessons short. Um, I don't think I ever... I don't think we sat and worked for over 20 minutes, like very, very rarely. And then we would take a break. Oh, this is, oh, I, I actually almost forgot. I think I've, I think I've written some blog posts on this, but, but what seemed to work in addition to having these short lessons was also, I just decided um, that the way to, to, to preserve uh, my own sanity was to just think of school, not so much as, um, school hours or that we were going to get all of the things that I wanted done in one sitting or from nine till 11 or, or in, you know, in set hours. What uh-huh. I thought, what I realized really quickly was that, um, you know, we were going to have to deal with interruptions and babies and not only that, but I really had, um, like, I think, you know, I was nursing and, but also just from a patient's point of view with little kids, when you're working with little kids and homeschooling, it takes so much patience. So I just, I just approached it with, we're going to do one thing and then we're, we're all going to take a break. And with, if that break means that I'm changing kids diapers or nursing or dealing with, you know, a toddler disaster, that's fine. And if it means, um, a break means everybody's watching Netflix for half an hour. That's fine. But I really found that breaking breaking things up and doing things in short bits helped me get things done. Because I think if I had tried to um, shovel everything in and be like, we have to have everything done by noon, I would have – like it would have driven me crazy. And all the distractions and all the things that babies and toddlers need from you would have felt like – so much more of a a burden on what I was doing. So I just tried to approach things like with lots of breaks and lots of, um, you know, taking simple little breaks between subjects. And I think that really, it helped my um, sanity for sure. And But I think it also helped, um, it probably helped the kids. <laughs> help the kids but it but it but it really did it really did help me so those are two things that I um yeah that I really suggest to people just starting out with babies and toddlers oh my gosh because they're everywhere so my days would usually look like I would start the day with or the school day whatever time that is I was very I'm also very relaxed we never really we still this is our we're probably starting our sixth seventh year homeschooling and I still Um, don't start at a particular time. It's kind of like whenever we're ready, whenever I'm ready. (laughs) So I always start, I even started then, um, 
but now I've progressed to a more um, intense morning time. But at the beginning, we would always start by reading picture books and whatever picture books appealed to the kids, whatever appealed to me. And so um, – and especially in those early grades, I feel like they learn so much from being read aloud too. So that really was part of the curriculum, even though it was just um, reading picture books or reading different read alouds or different saint books or whatever, like whatever they wanted and whatever I had. Um, I always have tons of books. So we'd always just sit and read a couple books for as long as their attention usually lasted, especially in those days. And I really like that literature based reading aloud. Um, philosophy because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the toddlers and the babies, you know, you can read aloud while toddlers are crawling over you. You can read aloud to you when um, your baby's playing on the floor. You can read aloud when you're nursing. Um, and I feel like we don't, you know, but when you're reading aloud to your kids, they're getting, they're learning so much more than we think. And we, I think we should value that time more than we do. Like, as homeschooling moms, we think that that doesn't really count because they're not sitting at the table and they're not um, repeating facts or they're not um, in a workbook. But really, I think that's where a lot of the learning happens, especially in those first early years. So I did that a lot. Well, and you're pouring into them too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I felt like if I read to my kids those picture books and um, – whatever else we were reading, you know, and I, and I read like a lot of science picture books and a lot of, um, you know, saints and religious, um, little kid books. And, you know, you're like, you're saying, like you said, we're pouring into them in so many different subjects and they're picking up so much more than we think. I like, if I had read to my kids in a day on those bad days, then I would consider it a success. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would consider it like a decent school day, um, especially on days where it was like very crazy and babies were sick or toddlers were pooping their diapers five times a day. Like, you know, things happen. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so as long as, as so as long as I had read to them, I felt as if we had accomplished something. And I think that's true because I think they do. They did really retain quite a lot and were, you know, they were very happy being read to like you were saying, like it's. They love that. So so after that, um, I would always like usually would take a break. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. that means the older kids would just play. And then I would deal with um, – I would probably deal with toddlers, probably deal with the baby. Um, and then I would save all of our table work, all of the work that required me to teach things. That would happen when the babies were down for a nap. Like I was pretty – I'm pretty routine and pretty structured, especially when it comes to babies and toddlers napping. So I would try and get um, all of the table work done when the baby was down for a nap. Um, and for for me, like my ba- my babies usually would nap for a good chunk in the morning and a good chunk in the afternoon. And usually um, we would get everything done in the morning. Like it wasn't something – the napping – you know, there's always the crazy days where they don't nap, but um, it was kind of like a good, <laughs> it was a good um, timer. Like as soon as the baby woke up, like that's, well, that's what we got done for today. You know, I really had just low basic expectations of what I wanted to accomplish. And I think because I kept the lessons very short, like I did not, yeah, like I don't think I did 
phonics and reading for longer than 20 minutes. I definitely didn't do math for longer than 20 minutes in like in grade one. So um, yeah, I think that really helped. And then if a baby woke up, like, yeah, that was it. We finished up and that was it. We were mm-hmm, done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think, I think that really, that was there. Like that's what kept any symbol, like any semblance of a routine when it came to school happening was to make sure that that table time happened when they were napping. Um, and then as the years, like as my toddlers got a little bit older and they don't nap as regularly, like it would depend on the day. Like I wish I could say <laughs> that every day I had, like I wish I could say that every day I had that activity box and a new activity box per day and then they had their sensory rice and their oh, sand no. and oh. they would play with that happily. <laughs> no, I You're braver than me. I don't never. even mess with that. I'm like, I know. I know. Exactly. I never had that. Yeah. I never had that. And I also, I also live in Canada. So, um, you know, the majority of our school year is winter. So I can't put any kids outside. So it's very much once the kids were a little bit like my toddlers were a little bit older. What I would do is I would rotate my older kids to play with the younger kids downstairs or occupy them somehow, mm-hmm. you know, and I have, again, very low expectations for how they were occupied. <laughs> so in, in all reality, they could be totally trashing a bedroom or they could be totally just like deconstructing the basement. And I was usually fine with that because it got me half an hour of uninterrupted instruction time with the older kids. And the rule was they just, you know, don't come upstairs until I tell you. And if as long as nobody was killing each other and nobody was screaming, like I was, I was fine with it. (laughs) So, you know, that's like, I think like an expectation. And I think, you know, for lots of moms, like it's hard to get, um, you know, it's hard to be comfortable with like that going on. I get it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's also hard to, uh, it's hard. I think when your kids are little in like, you're home with kids all day. I mean, it is, it's hard. It's so hard, but it's also very hard to just to let go of the idea that like your house is going to make like be uh, maintained and clean and not destroyed every day. It's, it's hard to get to that position of letting go of, of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think I, I'm still I'm still trying to because I still have days where I'm super frustrated with, you know, my kids are older and I still feel at the end of every homeschool morning or afternoon that like my house is completely it's completely destroyed. Like there's there's books everywhere. There's pencils everywhere. There's crayons everywhere. There's paper everywhere. (laughs) And this is with older kids. So just like. Wow. Like when you've got toddlers and babies, like I know it's hard to accept, but like <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I think or or I think I, I guess I should say the majority of the time, I think I choose to have that 30 minutes of uninterrupted time, 20 minutes uninterrupted time rather than a clean um, bedrooms or clean basement. Right. Yeah. And I, I – yeah, and I think that's probably – I think that's a reasonable trade-off for the most part. Well, and I think it's <laughs> it's 
us looking at our lives, looking at our homeschools and saying, what are our priorities going to be? Because we can't choose everything. And I think that's the fallacy. Oh yeah. We can have the perfect looking house. No, you can't. And we can have genius children that are, you know, five levels up. Right. You know, that's not reality. And no, to have, it's not. To be held to those expectations, that's just doing a disservice to ourselves, you know, and our mental yes. health. No, our- it totally is. <laughs> it totally is. And I felt, I felt so, um, I felt so encouraged in this idea. Oh my gosh, have you seen it? I think there was a meme or a blog blog post about this very thing, and it was like, I can't choose to be a perfect homeschooling mom, have a perfectly clean house, have all the meals made from scratch, be a good friend, be a good wife, be a good, um, if you have another, you know, part-time job, full-time job, whatever that is, all in the same day. Like you really do have to pick what it's going to be because you can't be all those things in one day, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And, and I think for the most part, I do let, um, the house, I do let the house go. And then at the end of the day, like it's just one big pickup. And then the next day, (laughs) it all all gets destroyed again. Yeah. And I think like I get, I get, you know, I will totally admit that I get frustrated with it and that it's, it's just, you know, it's one of those facts of life that's, that's kind of hard to deal with, especially, um, I live in a small house with, you know, five kids. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, that's just a part of life, unfortunately, that I have to let go. And every year I have to let go again and again, um, yeah, but I, I, I was going to say also that I think um, just kind of living through the chaos of toddler baby, like I knew it was going to be chaotic because I myself was homeschooled and I knew that homeschool days look differently in different seasons of life. And so I think me having lived through it myself, like as a student, made me feel a lot more comfortable I don't know if confident is a good word. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it, to say as I was confident, but I was a lot more com- comfortable knowing that even though my babies and toddlers were kind of um, like I was either letting them play wild or I was making sure they had naps um, and knowing that my older kids were getting um, – their basics done every day. I just, I, I, I was more comfortable knowing that that was going to be a season and it was going to be a couple really crazy years. And I knew it wasn't going to last forever, but I know when you're, when you're in the thick of things and you're homeschooling with little babies and toddlers and you've never homeschooled before that it must feel like completely crazy town. (laughs) (laughs) If you've never homeschooled before and you are homeschooling your kids who are six and five and you've got a, you know, and you've got a, you know, a terror of a three-year-old like, yes, homeschooling feels out of control. I, <laughs> I, I just want to totally affirm that that it feels out of control and it is, it kind of, yeah, it just feels kind of like crazy town and that thing and that you're, you're, and you wonder, are you teaching your kids enough? But when your kids are that young and you are giving them good solid basics every day with, so, I think, I think also, oh my gosh, if you can do it consistently, I think you are doing amazing like pat yourself on the back if you're getting done 10 20 minute lessons done five days a week four days a week like the consistency really pays off Mm -hmm. even if you think it's just a little bit um but yeah I think I think that knowledge of 
I've been through I was homeschooled and I was the oldest and my mom had babies when when I was being homeschooled and I knew that some days it was just you had a fussy baby and my mom was nursing most days and like I would read this book and do this and like I didn't get all of my subjects done in one day but that's okay because the next day you might and you would um I was older, of course, but um, I think just having that kind of perspective of what the long game looks like in homeschooling and how you don't have to to teach your kids everything in one year, that really, Mm -hmm. I really chilled out about it um, a lot more than I think um, I would have otherwise because I know it's, as a homeschool mom, you feel so much pressure. So that I think is what helped me in my very low expectations of homeschooling in the toddler baby years for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and what we were you know, talking about how toddlers would interrupt and then you might have several diapers to change and then you took a break. And I think that's just a very person-centered, yeah. need-focused way to do it. You're putting the person first. You're not pushing them off. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, ignoring them. Right. And that's a great yeah. lesson in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just love that. No, I agree because I think as especially um, homeschooling moms, especially starting out, I think we've got we're holding ourselves to the standard of a school and we think that like we have to have it look like school and we have to teach like a teacher. But really, we're mothers first and we are mothering our children first. And so that does include you having to give attention and time to your toddlers and babies, of course, right? When we, when we frame it like that as being a mother first and a homeschooler second, then it just makes sense that we're mm-hmm, stopping mm-hmm. and we're having regular breaks and tending to whatever issue the toddler or baby has, right? That being said, I, I 100% can't – I can't emphasize enough <laughs> – if your toddler or your baby is driving you, you know, I'm talking older baby, older toddler, you know, I'm not saying you're infant newborn, everybody who's going to get freaky about this, but put them down in their rooms, in their crib and shut the door. Like, do not feel like you cannot do that with, with toddlers when you're teaching school, because sometimes we all know toddlers are little tyrants and they just want your attention and they just want to disrupt. And Sometimes their behavior is just, it's just toddlerish and like they can't control it. But at the same time, you're the mom, feel free to put them in their room for 20 minutes. And for them, even if they're not going to nap, they can have some chill out alone time. Don't never like I just I, I have seen so many moms get so frustrated and I'm just like, no, don't feel bad about I've put my babies in their cribs. <laughs> you know what? I know that there's nothing else wrong and they're just either whiny or tired or cranky. No, that's fine for them to have some alone time in their rooms. And they might not be quiet either, but you know, if they're out of if they're out of the approximate vicinity of you, it's worth it in my mind. And I also totally if you can get away with having your if if your babies and toddlers and little kids will watch some Netflix and your older kids who you're teaching in the other room aren't going to pitch a fit about it, then do it. Well, it's great to have it as a tool that that you can pull from. I think we need all the tools we can get. I think so. Yeah, I think so. If you need need a half hour to dedicate to a kid um, 
of some real like a half hour of your teaching time and your attention undivided with a kid who's struggling with a concept or a new a new skill or new idea then by all means like don't feel guilty about turning on Netflix so that you can give that child your attention for for that long because I think it serves it it really does serve you better um, in the future of having invested that time before things get out of control because I've let things get out of control and sometimes you dig yourself into a deeper hole by not ironing out those um, issues as they come up when you're teaching kids mm-hmm. you know what right. I'm talking yeah, about yeah they build right? they can yeah. like if they're if they're struggling with multiplication and you think they're they're going to get through it, you're like, yeah, it'll be fine. You'll work this out. But then it becomes, you know, it becomes apparent that they need extra attention. Like, I think that's a perfect time to employ Netflix and give your kid who's having an issue extra time. I think that's the perfect mm-hmm. way to do it. And no guilt for sure. Well, I mean, and if, <laughs> no guilt for me. Well, yeah. I mean, and if you're worried about it, just have that be their assigned screen time for the day. You know, you, you have the freedom oh, to, exactly. have, to set your yeah. own schedule Definitely. as a homeschooler and make it work for you. Yeah. You know, that's, I think we're, we're yep. afraid of getting out of that, you know, prescribed right. yes. vision we have, or that somebody else has put yep. on us that we don't mm-hmm. employ sure. things that we have at our fingertips. Right, for sure. And I think we have to think about, just like you're saying, about what we need the most and how to utilize the tools the best in order to get the most out of that. <laughs> you know, because especially when my kids were little, like I I needed the, I needed the Netflix time, not so much even to teach um, concepts, but for me to have downtime after I finished mm-hmm. with school. Because I don't think I – because I, I – was going to struggle making it through the rest of the day with babies until, you know, until dinner time. So I would use, so after school was done, I would use Netflix and take some time. And that would just be my time to do what I wanted to do. Right. <laughs> because you're juggling so many balls. And I think homeschool moms, we've got to make time for ourselves. Like, I hope. I hope we should make time for ourselves every day. And I know sometimes that in different seasons, it's just impossible. And we should, so we should make time for ourselves every week, but I think it should be daily, weekly. Mm-hmm. You know, it really has to be, it has to be in our list of things to do. So I think, I guess maybe that's another point that I guess I should encourage um, homeschool moms with babies and toddlers as mm-hmm. well to really try to make sure somehow in your day, to get a couple minutes for yourself, for your own sanity, because you're pouring out a lot. Like there's just so much going on in your day. Like you're never, you're never off your feet. You're never not, you know, you're never not doing something. So if you can, you know, use that TV time for, use that TV time for yourself, read a book, exercise, do what you want to do. Um, Just lie there and have a nap, eat chocolate. <laughs> I, you know, whatever, whatever you need that day. I just, I think we really got to try and make sure um, we get that in every day. I just know for myself, like if I don't get it in every day, I am so spent and I'm so burnt by the end of the day. By five o'clock, I'm I'm done and I'm spent and I'm wondering why. And it's because I've been going all day and I've been trying to get it all in and I haven't done, I haven't even sat down for myself and had a cup of coffee or 
or read a page of a book I wanted to. And I know when I don't get that time, I just, yes, I burn out so fast. Right. Yeah, so you can't fire a spent bullet. You have to have a charge to propel you forward. Exactly. And especially, like, again, like, homeschooling, you've got to think of it as a long game. Like, it is – it's long game. It's a lifestyle. It is not – um it is not something you just slip into your days. It really is something that that you have to uh, change your attitude and perspective of as a mother and a woman, and you have to figure out a way that it that it it works for you, and not to the degree that you are going, going, going until you have nothing left to give. And so you want it to work within your life so that you're still a happy, fulfilled person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't want, I, I think you know, we just, as moms really want, we don't value time for ourselves enough and realize that we're doing a heck of a job educating our children and being with our children and mothering our children and loving them. It takes so much energy and time. And, and for us to take a little time every day, you know, is, is necessary. Right. So where can we find you, Christy? Oh, sure. Um, so my blog that I don't update as much as I wish I could is fountainsofhome.com. Um, I also co-host a podcast with Haley Stewart called the Fountains of Carrots podcast. That's where I do – I feel like that's where most of my internet work goes these these days. So um, so that is fountainsofcarrots.com. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook, on Facebook, Fountains of Home. All of I try to keep all of my – um, to post all my writing um, in different places. I try to post it there so that I, even myself, can find <laughs> it one day <laughs> because I lose track of where my stuff goes. Um, and then uh, I'm on Instagram at, at Christy Isinger. I love Instagram. I try to post um, book reviews and stuff I like there the most. That's Unfortunately, the old Insta stories has really taken over what I used to blog. So... <laughs> That is where I am most of the time. Great, great. Well, I really appreciate you being here today and making that time. I know it's hard to to find the space to find a quiet spot and just, you know, be able to form a sentence, for me at least. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> a complete sentence that's co- coherent I to anybody you. else. I hear you. Oh my goodness. And, and it's a Monday. Yes. It's a Monday, Jenny. Yes. I know. You're oh, lucky that I'm you're lucky that I'm forming complete thoughts. You're right. <laughs> Goodness. So so much fun. You can find links to the things we mentioned today in the show notes at barefootabby.com forward slash BYH six. You can also submit questions for personal troubleshooting there. And if this podcast is a blessing to you, please take a few seconds to share it and leave a review on iTunes so it is easier to find for our other sisters in arms. Thank you so much for listening. And until episode three, just keep thriving in the trenches. And remember, you are not alone in this fight. (laughs) 